All right, here we go. It's great to have you in. We are absolutely packed today here on a Monday, first Monday of the new year. Hope you are uh, not as groggy as I am. <laughs> uh, but it's great to have you with us. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Packed today uh, here on a Monday. I do want to remind you uh, that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You'll see it. It'll be right there. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those, right? You pick among those gaming sites. You sign up. You instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. And click on the ad that's located on the upper right side of the page. And then you get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. <sighs> okay. Um, plenty of stuff to hit on today. Uh, NFL playoffs are going to be underway uh, this coming week, Saturday and Sunday. We'll break down the bracket a little bit later in the show today. Uh, there is a matchup uh, in the playoffs that I do think is going to be closer than everybody thinks. Um, and we'll discuss that in a little bit. Um, but I do want to begin with this. This seems to be the hot topic today. Sunday Night Football was last night. Uh, Washington and Philadelphia. Uh, the Washington football team clinched the NFC East with a 20-14 to 14 win over Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial in Philadelphia. 20-14 um, to 14 was the final score. Washington surprisingly wins the division at seven and nine. Uh, Eagles dropped to four, 11 and one on the season. They finished in last place in the NFC East. They've had quarterback struggles all season, uh, a lot of injuries. It just, it wasn't a good season for the Eagles. Uh, but Alex Smith, who should be comeback player of the year, despite the fact that his numbers are not off the charts, um, was able to get Washington into the playoffs. So good for them. Um, but here's the big topic of the day. So Carson Wentz was a healthy scratch in yesterday's game, and Jalen Hurts got pulled in the fourth quarter. And everybody is getting on Doug Peterson's case on why he would pull Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld. Why would you pull Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld in the fourth quarter? You're basically giving the game away. They're tanking. They're th I think that people need to wake up. Just wake up. It is so easy to see. Okay, if you didn't believe me before, you have to believe me now. The Eagles absolutely, and Eagles fans, absolutely despise Carson Wentz. They despise him. There's no other explanation for the madness in the thought process in Philadelphia than other than they absolutely hate Carson Wentz, and they never liked him. 
There's no other explanation. Because you didn't defend Carson Wentz when he played poorly. But last night, Jalen Hurts was absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. And then, oh, why didn't you leave him in the game? Because Jalen Hurts couldn't complete a pass. That's why. Jalen Hurts last night had his worst game of the season by far. It wasn't even close. Okay, I'll give you the numbers. Because, honestly, I would imagine that some of these sports networks and everything everything like that didn't tell you what the numbers were. Eh, it's just wasted information. No, 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 it's not. Jalen Hurts last night was 7 for 20. He completed 35% of his throws. 7 for 20 for 72 yards, no touchdowns, and he threw an interception. His quarterback rating last night was 25.4. Double that. Double, honestly, double 25.4, and it's still terrible. Double, uh, triple 25.4, and it's still terrible. Jalen Hurts was unbelievably bad yesterday. Unbelievably bad. It like it not even like redeemable. Not redeemable. Let's just oh, but let's let's here's really where I want to go with this. Did Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz had an absolutely putrid year this year. In 12 games, which by the way, just so you know, Still leads the league in time, sacked with 50, and he hasn't played in four weeks. 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions for Carson Wentz this year. Did he ever have a game like this? Ever? No. You were begging, begging for the Eagles to pull Carson Wentz because he was so terrible. And then you brought in Jalen Hurts, and oh, Jalen Hurts really isn't that much better, or actually any better. Jalen Hurts was actually worse. Jalen Hurts was worse than Carson Wentz. And what happened? Jalen Hurts was worse than Carson Wentz, and that doesn't seem to matter to anybody. It doesn't seem to matter. You defended him last night for because they, you wanted to keep him in the game after he was 7 for 20 with an interception. Can we please stop with this? I'm serious. Can we please stop with this? I, 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 I'm serious. And now, look, the GM, Howie Roseman, right, who's who's – Again, very well respected among NFL front offices and around the league. He said, well, we I, I can't imagine our franchise going forward without Carson Wentz. Oh, really? After you hear that he's disgruntled, I mean, Chris Mortensen, he's not necessarily somebody to, to throw information around like, like it's nothing. After he hear that, that Carson Wentz is disgruntled and he wants a trade. Oh, I can't imagine our franchise without him. 
please. Please. You you made the bed for yourself. I mean, I, I, this is crazy. It's crazy. So, honestly, if you didn't believe me before, you got to believe me now. When I was telling you that Jalen Hurts couldn't throw the football, I meant it. 7 of 20. And I get that his offensive line's bad, and I get that his receivers aren't great, and I get that his running game isn't fantastic, but 7 for 20 is, I mean, come on, guys. Come on. You should at least be able to complete 50% of your throws, which, again, Jalen Hurts has done for the majority of the season, right? I mean, his completion percentage is terrible on the season. 52% is what his completion percentage is. I mean, that's outrageously terrible. Outrageously terrible. I, I Look, I, I meant it when I said Jalen Hurts couldn't throw. And I meant it when I said it was a mistake to bench Carson Wentz. Now Carson Wentz wants out. You almost have no choice but to commit to Jalen Hurts. You don't have a choice. You got Carson Wentz for $100 million. You're going to get pennies on the uh, you're going to get pennies on the dollar for him in the trade market. The Eagles made the mistake. They made the mistake. I wasn't crazy for saying that it was that it was a bad decision for the Eagles to move off Carson Wentz to a guy who literally was honestly people were begging him not to throw in college. You wanted to do something different. I mean, this is insane. I just I, I don't believe people today. I really don't. What is there to defend? Sal Palantonio, who covers Philadelphia sports like nobody else in the business, said on Dan Patrick today, saying I, the NFL, Roger Goodell and the NFL should launch a full-scale investigation on the Philadelphia Eagles for how they tanked. Why? Doug Peterson said he was coaching to win the game. Yeah, because and people said, oh, well, if you're coaching to win the game, then you should have kept Jalen Hurts in. Why? Seven for 20 is going to win you football games? Since when? When is seven for 20 ever going to win you a football game? I'll wait. Okay, we absolutely crapped on Tim Tebow because he was throwing games. Now, he was throw, he was going eight for 21 in games. Tim Tebow can't start. Tim Tebow can't do that. Jalen Hurts is Tim Tebow, except Jalen Hurts can't, doesn't win a playoff game. That's what he is. So why are we supporting Jalen Hurts, crapping on Tim Tebow, crapping on Doug Peterson, crapping on Carson Wentz? Do we not understand what works in today's NFL? Okay, you have to be accurate with the football. You do have to be mobile, but you can't be primarily with your legs. You have to be accurate with the football. You need to make smart decisions. 
Jalen Hurts' numbers so far on this season, 52% completion percentage, six touchdowns, and four interceptions. He's got a 77.5 quarterback rating. The guy averages 70.5 passing yards a game. 70 70.7. How is that good? How are you supporting him and then crapping on the Eagles for tanking? Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. So, there you have it. I'm done with the Eagles for the rest of the year. I honestly, I, I do. I want to seriously, I want to seriously congratulate them. Seriously congratulate them on absolutely ruining their franchise for the next five or six years at least. Ruining it. Ruining it. So, all right. All right, let's move on. And I'm sorry to have to do this to you, but we're going to talk about another team that's not in the playoffs yet. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, I do think that we are now in off-season mode for the 14 teams that have made uh, that, uh, I, or I should say the 18 teams that have not made the playoffs yet, or have not made the playoffs. I shouldn't say yet that didn't make the playoffs period, <laughs> but we are in off season mode and what the jets do with the number two pick can shape everything. Okay. The Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Doesn't matter who they hire a head coach. They, they fired Doug Marone today, which they should have. But they're going to take Trevor Lawrence no matter what. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if Justin Fields outplayed him in the Sugar Bowl. I, I don't care. Trevor Lawrence is being argued as the best college football player of all time. He is going number one. I think I have a new prediction about the New York Jets, and I'm only going to spend a little bit of time on this. I have a new prediction on the New York Jets. They are definitely, I, I think they are going to take Justin Fields. They're going to take Justin Fields out of Ohio State. They're going to take a quarterback. Because I think, A, I think the Jets would make a mistake. I do. And I think the Jets are going to look at the number two pick and they're going to say, oh, well, look, what are the chances that we're this bad again in the in future years? And, you know, it, listen, it, even if the weapons weren't great and his offensive line wasn't great and Adam Gase was a moron, like, it, you know, I think they're going to take Justin Fields because I don't think that they have enough faith in Sam Darnold to recoup all of that lost time and try to save all that talent before they have to pay him right now. And I don't think Sam Darnold would get paid a whole ton of money, but you know, they, they still, you know, they don't want to pay. I'm sure they don't even want to pay Sam Darnold $20 million. If his numbers are that bad. If he's still turning the ball over at that rate, like, and listen, I, I like Sam Darnold more than most. So I'm going to defend him a little bit, but I, can you blame the jets for moving off of him? Not really. Cause you kind of have to, I'm sure that Joe Douglas is kind of thinking in his mind, the direction that I, that he wants to go in is to completely move off of all of the bad decisions that Adam Gase or Mike McCagnan or any, like any of those people just, they, they want to move all of, move off of all those bad decisions. Okay. 
Joe Douglas has done a bunch of really good things as the Jets GM so far. Trading Jamal Adams for two first-round picks and Bradley McDougald was one of them. I mean, that was a great trade. Jamal Adams is one of the worst safeties in footballs this year in, co- in, in football this year in coverage. So that was a great trade by the Jets. That was a great trade. Okay, drafting Makai Becton, drafting Denzel Mims, drafting Ashton Davis. Okay, the, those were great moves by the New York Jets. LaMichael P. Ryan was even pretty good this year. I mean, those were great moves by the Jets. Now, I think they probably should have re-signed Robbie Anderson. I think they probably should have re-signed their kicker a couple of years ago because he was pretty good too. But let bygones be bygones. I think they're going to take Justin Fields. Here's the primary reason why. It isn't because of all that. The primary reason why I think they're going to, the Jets are going to take Justin Fields and move on from Sam Darnold is because Sam Darnold in this past game against the New England Patriots, the Jets took a loss 28-14 to 14 against, the, uh, against the Patriots in New England. Sam Darnold was 23 of 34 for 266, a touchdown and two picks. Not a great game. Not a great And again, I think there's a caveat to that because the, the receiving core is terrible. The, run, the running game is terrible. The offensive line isn't good. Their coach was the worst in the NFL. Like, I, I, I find it very hard to blame Sam, Sam Darnold for a lot of these problems. But the reality is, is that those were his numbers. These are the numbers that he has over the first uh, couple of years of his career. And that's just something that they have to live with. Okay, Sam Darnold this year as a whole, just not not a great year. 59.5% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, 11 picks in 12 games. He was averaging 184 yards a game. His quarterback rating was 72.7. Not a good year for Sam Darnold. And it's really tough to expect a good year out of Sam Darnold when the surroundings around him are that terrible. I get that. But when when Sam Darnold plays like that, in the same week that Justin Fields plays like that, it's really hard to go back on. It's really hard to tell your fan base that that's the decision that you are going to make. Let me just give you an idea, okay? Um, <laughs> so Justin Fields against Clemson, and I understand that Ohio State's got a ton of talent too, but Clemson, Clemson's ridiculous. Okay, they're a power. Uh, they're another power program that gets loads in recruiting. Justin Fields was 22 of 28. That's 78.5% completion percentage. For 385 yards, he threw six touchdowns and a pick. Justin Fields threw six touchdowns against Clemson. Six. Justin Fields has played seven games this year. Seven. That's it. How are the Jets going to convince their fan base that keeping the guy that threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns is better than taking a guy who just threw six touchdowns against Clemson and could very well win the national championship against Alabama? 
I mean, Justin Fields dismantled Clemson. This is what I find in life, and not just in sports, but in life. When things pile on, it's really hard to make the opposite decision, right? So Justin Fields plays absolutely incredible against Clemson, and Sam Darnold doesn't really play that well against the New England Patriots. I'm sure Jet fans are thinking, Let's start the Justin Fields train, baby. I live in New York. I know what they're thinking right now. I'm surrounded by Jet fans. This is what they think. Let's go, baby. Justin Fields. They think Sam Darnold's ruined. Now, again, the Jets could make a decision of, you know what? We're going to trade back. We're going to get a crap ton of picks. We're going to work with Sam Darnold. We're going to hire a bomb head coach, right? Like they're going to hire Eric B enemy or, you know, maybe they'll take a stab at urban Meyer or something like they're, they're going to try and take a stab at one of these like big bomb head coaches. Joe Douglas is going to make, is going to try and make a splash. Joe Douglas, I don't think is going to mess up the jets. Next, next head coach. They've learned their lesson. They've learned their lesson. But I don't think that they're going to keep Sam Darnold now. I don't. I really don't. If you had asked me last week what I thought they were going to do, I thought they were going to trade the pick. They were going to keep Sam Darnold. Now that they lost Trevor Lawrence, I don't, like I said, I don't think quarterback is a problem. I didn't think Sam Darnold was the issue in New York. I really didn't. I thought it was coach, it was virtually everything else. Offensive line was terrible. They couldn't run the ball. His wide receivers couldn't consistently get open. His coach was an absolute idiot. Like, I, I thought it was pretty much everything else was the problem in New York. It wasn't Sam Darnold. How can you expect a baby like Sam? Sam Darnold's what, 23? How old is Sam Darnold? He's 23 years old. 23 years old. I can blame a 23-year-old kid for that. Honestly. So, but my mind has shifted. It's shifted. I now believe that the Jets will take a quarterback. And again, I think part of it has a lot to do with what Jet fans have been telling me all along. Right? Uh, the Jets are just, they're, they're going to, Sam Darnold, Adam Gase ruins Sam Darnold. Right? It's just, I, I don't think that you can redeem him. And uh, honestly, it, I, I look, I live around a lot of Jet fans. There are not a lot of Jet fans that don't like Sam Darnold. A lot of people like him really do they view this they view him the same way that i do that he wasn't the problem he just got a really bad break the jets didn't support sam darnold the way that they should have they agree but we had disagreed on what the path going forward should have been and they think look you got to move on from him you got the number two pick let's take another quarterback justin fields is awesome right let's just move on from sam it's not going to be look it's not going to be that big of a step back. It really won't be. Let Joe Douglas take over, get his guy, all of that stuff. That's what they believed. And in my opinion, I th- I was like, look, trade back, get a bunch of picks, and surround Sam, surround Sam Darnold with a crap ton of awesomeness. Receivers, running game, <laughs> like load him up with weapons and all that stuff. That's, uh, you know, protect him. And, you know, now, Mike, um, I've, I, I've shifted. Again, I, I just, I don't think that that's going to happen. 
They're going to take a quarterback. They're going to move on from Sam Darnold. It's the easy thing to convince your fan base of. Okay, the Ohio State kid that torched Clemson's through six touchdowns. Okay, super, super upside. All the media is hyping him up and everything like that. I mean, it's really hard to convince your fan base, like I said before, that Sam Darnold is a better option than that kid. And again, I it very well could be. Sam Darnold could be a better option than that kid. I am not convinced that Justin Fields is better than Sam Darnold. But right now, he sure looks like it. So I changed my mind. I think the Jets are going to draft a quarterback. And that's just going to be that. Okay, there's a playoff matchup that I think is really intriguing. Uh, and it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, I'm talking about the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I I, I get it, guys. I get it. <laughs> Guido's going crazy. Here he goes. All the slander on the Bucs and my God. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Just listen. Okay, just listen. I have definitely had my gripes about Tom Brady this year. But I can't deny the fact that Tom Brady's had a good season. Right? I mean, I say that every single time I talk about Tom. Every single time I talk about I, I talk about Tom, I keep telling you that he has a great that he's had uh that he had a great year. The guy threw 40 touchdowns this year. Threw 40 touchdowns. Completed 65.5% of his throws. He he had a good year. But here's the thing. Um, what do we know about Tom Brady? What do we know? Uh, okay, Tom Brady's pretty accurate with the football. Yep, he's not—he's not the most accurate, but he's pretty accurate, right? Uh, he doesn't throw a great deep ball. In fact, he t- he throws a terrible deep ball. Um, oh, what's that other thing? Oh, right, he can't move. Tom Brady can't move. He really struggles with escaping outside of the pocket, throwing on the run. He really does struggle with that. So I do want you to understand here. All of Tampa, all of Tampa Bay's losses this year. Keep this in mind. All of Tampa Bay's losses came against teams that have great pass rushes. They lost to New Orleans twice. That's Trey Hendrickson. That's Cameron Jordan. That's two losses right there. They lost at Chicago. That's Khalil Mack. That's Robert Quinn. That's Akeem Hicks. Those are big-time pass rushers. They lost to the Rams. That's Aaron Donald. That's Michael Brockers. That's Leonard Floyd. Big-time pass rushers. They lost to Kansas City. That's Frank Clark. That's Chris Jones. Getting after the quarterback. Their wins came against teams that, you know, don't have great pass rushers. Carolina doesn't really have one. You know what I mean? Like the Raiders, eh, the Giants, Minnesota. Yeah, Daniel Hunter's really good, but, you know, Atlanta twice, (laughs) Detroit. They're whatever. Teams that get after the quarterback consistently, Tom Brady struggles with. They struggle because Tom Brady can't escape the pressure. 
the Washington football team, they don't have a lot of strengths. They're not a great football team. They're really not. I think they are incredibly well coached, and I think that shields a lot of their lack of talent. But the one thing that Washington is really good at, they have a vicious front seven. <laughs> Washington's front seven is absolutely nasty. They get after it. They make quarterbacks' lives miserable. They do. Okay, think about who is on that defensive line. Who's on that defensive front? They have the best young pass rusher in the game, Chase Young, who's probably going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's ridiculous. Montez Sweat is an incredible young is an incredible young pass rusher. Ryan Kerrigan, another veteran pass rusher. Jonathan Allen, one of the more feared interior pass rushers who can play on the edge also in the league. He's uh, Jonathan Allen is unbelievable. Deron Payne in the middle. The Tampa Bay offensive line is solid, but the Washington pass rush is better. It's better. And there's no guarantee that Mike Evans plays for Tampa Bay in wildcard weekend. There is no guarantee of that. There's no guarantee. So you got to ask yourself, right? What luck is Tom Brady going to have against Washington? By the way, it is going to be at FedEx Field. It's going to be in Washington. It's a road game for Tampa. So all the Redskins, uh, or football teams, excuse me, all the football team players are going to be sleeping in their own bed. They're going to be nice and comfortable. There's no travel. They don't, get, they don't have to get on a plane. All they got to do is get in their very expensive car and drive to the stadium. Tampa Bay's got to fly and stay in a hotel and, you know, in a bed that's not as comfortable as their own. They got to take a bus. It's a little different. So I am not going to sit here and tell you that Washington is absolutely going to win the game because the truth is, is that Tampa Bay's offense is still pretty good and Washington's offense is not. Washington does not score a lot of points. Alex Smith, who's going to be their starting quarterback, had as great of a story as he's had, has not played amazing football this year. So I do think that Tampa Bay, I, I do think that Tampa Bay should be favored in the game. I do. But would I be surprised if Washington pulled out a win? No. The NFL, and honestly, not even just the NFL, sports in general, baseball, basketball, absolutely, college, professional football, everything. A lot of what happens is about matchups. It's about matchups. Okay, if you're a basketball team and you're a team that shoots a ton of threes and you could be, look, you're the Golden State Warriors, right? You're winning 67 games this year. You're shooting a ton of threes and making a ton of threes at an extremely high percentage. It doesn't matter if you're playing a team that is down in the basement. Because if they're the team that's the best in the league at defending three-pointers, 
then you might have a hard time. You might have to shift your game plan. You might have to find another way to win. This is how I feel about Tampa Bay and Washington. Tom Brady is a quarterback that cannot move. At 43 years old, he is an absolute statue. He is. He's a statue. And despite the fact that he's had a good season this year, he's thrown 40 touchdowns, and he's got a ton of weapons, I get a little nervous when I see Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Kerrigan. I see all of those guys going after Tom Brady. And I got news for you. Brady ain't outrunning him. Brady is not outrunning all of those pass rushers coming from all different directions. I think Tom Brady is going to face a ton of pressure against Washington. That game is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people than a lot of people think. A lot closer. Washington plays hard-nosed physical defense. Keep in mind, Ron Rivera has had a laundry list of a resume that deals with great defenses. The guy was on the 85 Bears. The guy coached the Carolina Panthers when their defenses were elite. Ron Rivera steps in for one season in Washington, completely shifts the culture. Okay, the Washington football team, were they were a laughingstock they were a laughing stock at the beginning of the year. And some people still think that they are, but they're in the playoffs, despite be, obviously being in a terrible division. But they're in the playoffs. They're a game below 500. They have a nasty front seven. Are they still a laughing stock? Like, do you think of Washington and automatically think of their dysfunction? Or do you look at Washington and say, Wow, they were supposed to be embarrassing this year, and they're not. Remember when we were all predicting Washington to be one of the three or four worst teams in the NFL? It was going to be them. It was going to be the Bengals. It was going to be Jacksonville. Like they were, they were going to be at the bottom. Like we were expecting Washington to be the worst team in the NFC. Like they were awful, awful in every category. But no, they play hard. They play physical. They get after the quarterback. They run the ball pretty well. Got to be honest, Antonio Gibson's done a nice job. J.D. McKissick. I mean, my God. Who knew? Who knew? Peyton Barber. They've got some players. And they have guys, again, that match up well with Tampa. So don't be surprised if Tampa takes a loss against Washington on wildcard weekend. Because if Brady can't escape the pocket and avoid all of that pressure from the edge, then Tampa Bay is going to be in for a long day. Keep in mind, it's not like Tampa Bay has not lost any games that they shouldn't have lost this year. Okay, losing to Kansas City is acceptable. uh, Losing to New Orleans once is acceptable. Losing to New Orleans twice is bad, especially after you lose by double digits in week one, and then you lose by 35 when you play them again in week nine. In your own building. Losing to the Rams, eh, they lost to the Jets. I think you should beat them. Losing to the Bears, got to be honest, you should beat them too. But teams with great pass rushes that have elite pass rushers, Tom Brady struggles against. 
Sometimes it results in a loss. Just to give you an idea. Completion percentage against the Saints the second time around, 58%. Completion percentage against the Bears, 61%. Completion percentage against the Rams, 54%. I mean, it's not like he's playing great football against these teams. Against those teams that I just mentioned, he's had one game where his quarterback rating was over 90 I'm just saying, don't expect it to be a blowout for Tampa Bay. And I know a lot of people are thinking that thinking that way. Washington doesn't even belong there, and they probably don't. But boy, do they match up well against Tampa Bay. If they, Look, if they were playing Kyler Murray, if they were playing Russell Wilson, yeah, I think it would be pretty ugly. If they were playing Aaron Rodgers, it would be pretty ugly. But because they're playing Tampa, it gives me a little bit of a, I don't know if Tampa can escape this one. They're going to struggle. They really are. They are going to struggle. Okay. Um, I do want to remind you, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. That's American betting experts. Experts, go to LandryFootball.com. That's LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. That is $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Uh, okay, so uh, we playoff football is, I think, is going to be really, really interesting um, this coming week. Uh, Bills and Colts—that's what's starting off on Saturday. You have Rams and Seattle. Um, I, I think it's going to be a—it's going to be a really good uh, playoff weekend. It will be. Um, here's the thing. I, I, I so what I'm going to do, okay is I'm going to break down my playoff bracket. We'll break out, we'll break down the matchups, we'll do everything like that. Um and we'll see exactly uh where we go. So let's see where this takes us here. Um hang on, let me just pull up a let me just pull up the bracket here. I know I should have this queued up already, but give me a break. Uh let me see, let me see, let me see. Here we go. Perfect. Okay. So uh, let's start off. First game on Saturday, uh, the Colts and the Bills in Buffalo. Um, I tweeted yesterday, I think Buffalo's the Super Bowl favorite, and I'm standing by that. I do. I think the way that they're playing football right now, I think they're the hottest team in the NFL. Uh, their offense is absolutely rolling. The Miami Dolphins yesterday, they they went into yesterday as the number one scoring defense in the NFL, and Buffalo put up 56 points playing half the game with their backups. Okay, so I am all in on Buffalo. They run the ball good. Uh, they run the ball well. I should say well, right, in proper English. I, they run the ball well. Stephon Diggs has revolutionized that offense. Okay, it's, it is unbelievable what he's been able to do with that offense. They they get after the quarterback. Their secondary is unbelievable. Uh, Buffalo, to me, is 
a ridiculous favorite, and I think that they should be a favorite in this game. Uh, I think Buffalo beats Indianapolis, and I think they beat them pretty handsomely. Plus, you got to keep in mind, the Colts really only win games when Phillip Rivers doesn't turn the ball over. I think that Buffalo defense is going to force Phillip Rivers into a lot of turnovers. I like Buffalo in the matchup, so I'm going to take Buffalo to beat Indianapolis. Um, we're starting off in the AFC side. All right, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers in the game. Um, and part of it, honestly, is because I don't view, I don't see the Browns beating the Steelers twice in a row. I just don't. Okay. Now the Browns have made the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. That's great. Whatever. But if I'm going to be completely honest, Baker Mayfield has never played a playoff game before. Uh, I am not in love with Cleveland's defense. Uh, and their consistency, they're going to be without Olivier Vernon, which really sucks. Uh, it takes away an entire half of their pass rush. And I think the Steelers are going to take advantage with their defense. They're going to lock down some of these receivers. You got to keep in mind, too, Pittsburgh yesterday was playing with their backups uh, mostly. Uh, obviously, Mason Rudolph, at quarterback. And that game was close. Cleveland was going full-fledged. They were trying to clinch a playoff spot. Cleveland barely snuck out of that game with Pittsburgh playing their backups. So I'm going to take the Steelers in the game. It should be close. I'm not going to say it's a blowout. But the Steelers should be able to win this game uh, against the Browns. And I think the Steelers will win. You know, they'll go to Buffalo and play the Bills, and that'll be a different story. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so... So far, I like the Bills over the Colts. I like the Steelers over the Browns. Uh, Baltimore and Tennessee. This is going to be a good one. Um, this is my first, you know, I guess, upset. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens to beat the Titans. Now, Tennessee uh, has done a really good job at finding ways to control the clock. T uh, Derrick Henry was obviously the best running back in football this year. He ran for 2,000 yards. That's great. Um, but... In recent weeks, I've been really skeptical on Ryan Tannehill. Not that I don't think he's any good, but he hasn't played exceptionally uh, exceptionally well. So I'm a little bit worried about Tennessee only because I think, you know, as far as their offense goes, it's very Derrick Henry driven. If the Bills, uh, I'm sorry, if the Ravens can even kind of slow down Derrick Henry, if they can kind of slow him down, then I think Baltimore can control the time of possession in this game. This is going to be a very run-heavy game. Uh, it's a revenge game for Baltimore. They lost to Tennessee in the playoffs last year. Um, it's a revenge game for them. So I think Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball crazy. J.K. Dobbins has been fantastic lately uh, for the Ravens. He's had a nose for the end zone. Um, and I like Baltimore's defense better. I do. I, I think they get after the quarterback a little bit better. Their secondary is fantastic. Uh, I, I like the Ravens in this one. And again, the, I think Tennessee has a really bright future. I really like Mike Vrabel as their coach. I just, I like the Ravens. I, I, I like their roster better. I think they run the ball a little bit better. Uh, so give me the Ravens over the Titans. Close game. Not very high scoring because, I, I, again, I think it's going to be a lot of clock eating. So I think the Ravens move on. They'll play the Chiefs who have the bye. Um, so what do I got now? So 
the Bills and the Steelers would move on and play. I like Buffalo against the Steelers. Buffalo moves on to the AFC Championship game. Again, Pittsburgh's been so inconsistent towards the end of the year. I mean, sir, losing three straight. They lost four out of their last five. Look, I just, I'm a little iffy on the Steelers. I am a little iffy on the Steelers. Ever since, ever since they, uh, ever since the bye, the Steelers have really been, you know, meh. Honestly, they really have been. Um, Big Ben, I think, is going to have to have a huge game in order for them to win because Pitt, the the fact about Pittsburgh is that they cannot run the football by any means necessary. If Pittsburgh wants to win against Buffalo, Big Ben has to have a gigantic day. A gigantic day. If he doesn't have a gigantic day, then all that pressure is going to fall into Pittsburgh's defense to keep Buffalo under wraps from scoring. And the way that Josh Allen and that offense is playing right now for Buffalo, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I don't. Buffalo is so good on every single at, uh, at every aspect of this game. I really do. I really do believe that Buffalo's offense is fantastic. Their defense is even better. Okay, like I, I just I, you. I don't think you can slow them down. I really don't. Maybe the Pittsburgh defense causes a little bit of problems. But I think in order for Pittsburgh to win this game, Ben Roethlisberger has to have a phenomenal day. So I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, they move on to the AFC Championship game. Uh, all right, the other AFC game, that would leave the Chiefs and the Ravens. Um, Baltimore is going to put up a serious fight. Baltimore is not going to go away easy. I think, like I said, they're going to run the ball really well. But the problem is, is that Baltimore and Kansas City, it's such a mismatch for Baltimore because Baltimore does not have nearly as many weapons as Kansas City does. Okay. It, like the weakness in Baltimore is at wide receiver. They really don't have that many perimeter weapons. Hollywood Brown's a nice player. Miles Boykin's okay. Willie Sneed is okay. I like Mark Andrews, their tight end, but none of those guys are elite options. They're really not. And Lamar Jackson, if there's a weakness with him, it's being able to consistently and accurately throw the football. Patrick Mahomes does not have that problem, right? <laughs> he just doesn't have that problem. I think this offense in Kansas City is going to make noise. They really will. And again, if if Kansas City's defense can hold up just a little bit to, to, to hold up the run, get a lot of stops on the interior, then I think that Kansas City is in for a good day. I do. I think that Kansas City could win by double digits. I think it'll be probably closer than that. But I think the Chiefs win this game. They they win their one game to get to the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs move on to play the Bills. Uh, so I got Chiefs over the Ravens. And then in the AFC Championship game, it's Kansas City and Buffalo. I think these are clearly the two best teams uh, in the AFC. They are steps ahead of everybody else. Um, I'll be honest with you. I get called crazy for this all the time. I really do. Kansas City, I think, I I view more, I have more, uh, I, I say, I'll say, I'll phrase it as vulnerability signs. I think there are more vulnerability signs with Kansas City than there are with Buffalo. Now, I do think that it is possible that I am overreacting to Buffalo and, you know, they could be. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit wrong. Maybe I'm 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 going a little bit too crazy on Buffalo. Maybe maybe I am. 
But the reality is, is that who do I like more on defense? Buffalo. Who do I like more on offense? Kansas City's offense is better, but Buffalo's offense is playing better at the current moment. So right now, I like Buffalo's a little bit more. It's hard for me to not take the Bills here. So I am. I'm going to take the Bills over the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And again, I think it'll be close. It'll be down to the wire. I think Patrick Mahomes obviously is not going to go down without a fight, obviously. But let's be honest. The Bills' defense is definitely better. The Chiefs' offensive line is not at full strength. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure coming from the Bills. I think the Bills have one of the best secondaries in the league. And honestly, I think they match up well against the Chiefs' weapons. I think Tredavious White can cover Tyreek Hill. I think that Travis Kelsey is going to have a little bit more of a problem against an insanely fast linebacker like Tremaine Edmonds. I like. I, I don't think that there's a real opening here for the uh, uh, for the Chiefs. I, I I don't know. Again, they're going to be so well rested. I get that, right? Because I mean, Patrick Mahomes and like the Chiefs aren't going to be playing for a month. Like it's it's insane. Like they're going to get three. Patrick Mahomes is going to get three weeks off. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they're going to get three weeks off. But the truth is, is that they're going to be they're going to play Baltimore, and that's going to prepare them pretty well. But Buffalo is a completely different animal because Buffalo is going to beat you through the air this year. They run the ball well, but they're going to beat you through the air. Like what corner on Kansas City do you, do you feel comfortable in covering Stevon Diggs? Do you? Like, do you really have faith in Kansas City's defense to hold up with the with the offense of the Buffalo Bills? I'm not sure I do. So I'm going to take Buffalo over Kansas City, and Buffalo goes to the Super Bowl. Let's go to the NFC. All right, the uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. The Bears are going to New Orleans. This game, I don't think, is going to be very close. Uh, the Bears' defense is pretty good, but the Saints are just all around a better football team. I, I, I just, you know, I... The Bears, to me, they're, they're an 8-8 eight and eight football team. They had a great start. They had a bad finish. Uh, I will say, though, they have been they have played a lot better with Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, than Nick Foles. But give me the Saints here. This is not going to be a close game. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball up and down their throat. Uh, Trubisky is going to be facing a lot of pressure. That Chicago offensive line is not amazing. Uh, so give me the Saints over the Bears. The L.A. Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be in Seattle. Uh, there is no guarantee that Jared Goff is going to play for the Rams. It might be John Walford again. Now, John Walford got a win last week against Arizona, even though and Kyler Murray didn't play most of the game. I think that's what cost the Cardinals their playoff spot. But I do like Seattle in the game. I don't see Russell Wilson losing in the first round of the playoffs. I just don't. Okay. Sean McVay is a great coach. I think that the, uh, that the Rams are going to get creative on offense, and Aaron Donald is not a good matchup for the Seattle offensive line. That offensive line in Seattle is terrible, and Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football. So I do think that there's some bad matchups there. But I just, like, Russell Wilson is the second-best quarterback in the NFL especially if John Walford is playing quarterback for the Rams. I just don't think that the Rams are going to be able to produce enough offense 
Oh, like John Walford is not going to score more points than Russell Wilson. I just don't see it. Like, I feel like that's pretty understandable, right? Like Russell Wilson is going to win a playoff game. He's not going to lose in one playoff game. And if he does, then isn't that proof that paying a quarterback $35 million is, is a mistake because the roster is so effing bad? I mean, my God. I mean, look, Seattle, to me, is one of those teams that just makes you uncomfortable. But they can't lose to the Rams. They can't lose to the Rams. I've, I haven't. Been in on the Rams all year. I think they have a roster with a lot of holes. Jared Goff's been really inconsistent. That offensive line is not very good. So I think Seattle gets the win here. Close game. If Jared Goff plays, we have another conversation. But I think Russell Wilson wins a playoff game, at least one playoff game this year. That's simple. That's simple. Russell Wilson beats the Rams in Seattle. All right, here we go. Tampa Bay and Washington. I'm telling you right now, this is not a gimme game for Tampa. It's not. Tampa Bay is going to struggle. Tom Brady is going to struggle. Like I said before, that front seven in Washington is going to give Tom Brady fits. Fits. So I think this game is going to be close. I think that Tampa wins the game by the skin of their teeth. By this, this is not a blowout game. You got to keep in mind, Tampa Bay has kept a lot of games close that they should not have kept close. Okay. They beat the Giants 25 23. Like they are, they're not blowing teams out of the water. Okay. Their biggest blowout this year was against Detroit uh, two weeks ago. Right. Like that's it. Washington is going to get after Tom Brady, but I think Washington's offense isn't enough. I don't think Alex Smith is going to be able to produce enough points. The offensive line is not amazing. They don't have great wide receivers outside of Terry McLaurin. They really don't have that many wide receivers. Alex Smith is not a great quarterback at this point in his career. If there's anything that's going to save the uh, the, the football team offense, it's going to be their running game, right? Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, those those guys. But I just don't see it. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Tom Brady is going to struggle in this game because he's going to be facing a ton of pressure. There's no guarantee that Mike Evans plays. I like Tampa in the game, but v- by that, like really narrow, really narrow. I like Tampa. All right, so that would give us the Saints and the Seahawks um, in a divisional game. I like the Saints over Seattle. Again, look, Seattle's roster is just bad. Okay, Seattle barely beat San Francisco yesterday. That's not good. Like, you've got to – they are – they're playing bad against bad teams because this roster just can't get it done. Okay, they just can't. Russell Wilson has faced a ton of pressure this year. Okay, outside DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are, are interesting receivers, but when you have no time to throw to them, I mean, it's it's hard to get them the ball. Their running game has been average this year. Chris Carson's been okay. He hasn't been amazing. Like, Seattle is just, and their defense is terrible. Seattle's defense all around is absolutely awful. 
they put a lot of resources into Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, and it really has not made that much of a difference. They traded for Carlos Dunlap. Like, it's just that their, their defense just isn't good. And I, I think the Saints have a big day against Seattle. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game for New Orleans. And again, that, that pass rush for the Saints is really good. Trey Hendrickson, Cam Jordan, like, they've got bodies up there. So give me the Saints over the Seahawks. The Saints move to the NFC Championship game. That puts Tampa Bay versus Green Bay in um, uh, in that divisional game as well. So the Packers and the Buccaneers, I think the Packers roll the Bucs. I think the Packers absolutely roll the Bucs without a doubt. Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP this year. And early on in the year, you got to keep this in mind. Tampa Bay crushed Green Bay in Tampa. This time it's at Lambeau. It's going to be in freezing cold weather. I think that Green Bay is going to look at that game, make the adjustments, and they are going to absolutely kill the Buccaneers. That This is going to be lopsided. Okay, Tampa Bay beat Green Bay 38-10 to 10 in Week 6. It's going to be something like that except the other way around for Green Bay. Green Bay's offense is playing absolutely surreal. Devontae Adams looks like he's the best wide receiver in football. The Packers run the ball better. I think their pass rush is really good. They've got a bunch of young ball-hawking corners. Give me the Packers over the, over the Bucs. So that sets up the NFC Championship game to be the Saints- and Green Bay. I like Green Bay over New Orleans. I think that the Packers right now, they're playing the best football in the NFC. Right now, they're clearly the best team in the NFC. Um, look, I, I think the Saints are really good, but a lot of what is going into my decisions now is how they've been playing recently. The Saints, to me, have been very, you know, like on again, off again. Drew Brees off the injury has not been the same. Like, I, I just... And again, Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP. Aaron Rodgers had a year, like had a career year this year. It is unbelievable how good Aaron Rodgers was. They were not a fluke from last year. I think that Aaron Rodgers gets to the Super Bowl, uh, beats the Saints. Aaron Rodgers over Drew Brees right now. Uh, so give me the Packers uh, over the Saints in the NFC Championship game. That gives me a Super Bowl of Packers and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. This is toughy. This is a toughy. Again, it's going to be close. I like Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. I like Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. Buffalo's defense is better. I think their offense can keep up. I like Sean McDermott a little bit more than I like Matt LaFleur. And Josh Allen, I think, can keep up with Aaron Rodgers on one Sunday. I absolutely think that that's the case. So I like Buffalo to win the Super Bowl over Green Bay. Those are my playoff predictions. Okay. Appreciate you joining us. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It's great to have you here. We'll discuss more on Friday. We'll see you.